You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Most of the conversations around money today doesn't really resonate with women because it was male constructed. We created money. The conversation around money is very male constructed. So for us, there's nothing really around it that excites us. If anything, it repels us. So that's why it's important to put it back into the natural laws of giving and receiving, cause and effect, ebb and flow, intention and desire. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Why do women have less money and end up in poverty more likely than men? As women, (laughs) culturally, we were raised to be seen and not heard. We were socialized to just play it safe and always color within the lines to be accepted by others. We also, we weren't taught about money and many of our parents didn't talk about money because they were under this assumption that our husbands would just take care of it for us. On top of that, ladies, in the U.S., it took 300 years for us as a country to be given the same rights in terms of property. But our guest, Kim Curtis, best-selling author of Money Secrets, Keys to Smart Investing and Retirement Secrets, as well as a nationally recognized wealth management advisor and president and CEO of Wealth Legacy, 
she has an important message to share that money is actually looking for us women and we need to go find it. We keep saying we need money, we need money, we need money. Well, actually, it's quite the opposite. Money needs you. It needs your ideas. It needs your creativity. It needs your vision. It needs your values because ideas are abundant. And then put it to of use to the world for the benefit of the greater good of others. So if money is looking for you, how do you find it? And what do you do with it? In this compelling conversation, Kim walks you through her two laws of money, how to protect your money in a relationship as a woman, how to work through false cultural beliefs around money, and how to remove yourself from the money headlines and tune into a strategy for money success that's going to work for you. All right, let's start talking. We've got a lot to talk about, Kim. <laughs> Let's do we're it. Gonna, we're going to explore a topic that I know has infuriated me for years, and I I, I know because you're you're the expert, uh, you're going to feel the same way. This idea that women have less money and end up in poverty more than men do, and you say that our relationship as women to money is very complicated, and that is definitely something I can wholeheartedly agree on. You know, why is our relationship with money, why is it so complicated as women? <laughs> you know, it, 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 if you think of what we've just been through with the pandemic, think of who got hurt the most in terms of women with childcare and school closings, and they were disproportionately affected. And then if you add that to this like ancient Egypt, when we actually had equal rights around money and actually were at the table in decision-making. And honestly, in the U.S., it took 300 years wow. as a country <laughs> for us to even give women the right to, to the same rights as men, you know, in terms of property rights. So a lot of that is really cultural that we don't even know is around us as it relates to how we show up around money. So if you think about we weren't given the same rights and responsibilities and opportunities um, and then also being raised with being seen, not heard. Yes, uh, there's a lot a of buildup right? as it relates to our self-doubt and lack of confidence and lack of self-esteem around the conversation around money. 300 years. I, I, I mean, I know it, but anytime I hear somebody say it, it just, it just really blows my mind. And I think the biggest thing is that we're not that far removed from that time period. That's what's so crazy. Like when we start talking about, you know, the, the 1960s and the 70s when women could finally get a, a credit card, that is actually not that far away. So, you know, I, I guess that makes it make sense, the the kind of financial issues that we have as women and maybe even the lack of education that that still exists. You know, you really hit the nail on the head in terms of the 60s and 70s, because we have clients, women who tell stories of where they purchased an appliance and they pay their credit was for 4000 The appliance costs more than that. And they get their bill and there's already interest on it. She goes to pay it off to the credit limit of 4000 and they would not receive the money because her husband was not with her, even though her checking account had both their names on it. This is a, so for to your to the listeners. This is your grandmother that may have experienced this, uh, or your mother, but probably your grandmother as it relates to women that are still here today that couldn't get a job unless their husband approved of it from the employer. So there's lots of different things around consent as it relates to what women had access to and didn't. 
So how did that transition um, change? Like, how did we get from from that point, you know, in the 60s and the, and the credit cards in the 70s? How did we get from there to where we are now? And have we made, I mean, yes, we have access to these things, but have we made that big of a change? When we think of how uh, women were affected during the pandemic, I feel like we've gone backwards. But I think the lion's share of the change um, really occurred with the women baby boomers that really fought uh, for rights and then went to work. And, you know, when you have your own economic power in terms of income, it's a lot easier to show up at the table with your spouse and make joint decisions. Absolutely. I remember my grandmother, you know, that my aunts and my grandmother and my mom were taught to have a special stash, like a money stash set aside. And that wasn't for opportunity or to start a business. It was like a safety and protection, you know, not wealth and empowerment, safety and protection. Like you had a choice that you could do something with your kids if you had to. I mean, it was crazy. And that is really not that far away. So thank you, those baby boomer women that really showed up in the workforce and started earning money to start to give us ideas of what do we do and how do we show up. But the socialization and the cultural dynamics around that has taken us a while to get past our self-limiting beliefs. Yeah, I mean, that definitely resonates for me. You know, I, um, I'm writing my I'm writing a book about our relationship with money, and how very complicated it is. And there's a couple of things that just really struck me as you were talking. One, you know, I, I talk about a divorce that I went through in my early 30s. And I knew that I needed to get divorced for probably about five years. But I was so afraid to do it because of money. Mm -hmm. And I knew that my ex-husband was going to use money as um, almost like a weapon against me. And it was crazy because I, um, I was the money expert. I was the certified financial planner. And yet he handled most of the day-to-day money activities. And so I had to like sneakily find out passwords and all sorts of things around money, you know, and I just think about, you know, my my parents and they grew up, you know, my parents are both early 80s and they grew up where the man went to work and the woman stayed home with the kids and the woman didn't necessarily need to worry about money or think about money or have really any interaction with money and how that, you know, just like through osmosis kind of got trickled down to me. And I I had this moment where I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, I actually know I should be more in charge of my money and I shouldn't be afraid to to leave someone because of money. And so, you know, I think about all, all the other women that are listening that maybe have some you know, experience around that. And it just, it, it feels like something that's just so hard to break. You know, if I, I, I so appreciate your story uh, of feeling like you don't have the right to control the decision around money because we're socialized. Oh, they'll take care of it. So we didn't even have conversations necessarily around the table around money as women, unlike perhaps some of our male colleagues, or not trusting that we're smart enough uh, to figure it out. But That's you know, a big one too, Ishana, right? I was my own money mess in my 20s. I, I you know, I, uh, my parents got divorced. Um, my mom had full custody of three teenage girls. And I had government-assisted lunches. 
at school. So I had enormous shame with handing this little red ticket across the counter to the cashier. So that shame just transferred into who I was around money. I was completely oblivious to money and uh, uh, kind of unconscious around it. And so it's so easy to put our head in the sand because how you do money is how you do life. And if your head is in the sand around money, trust me, it's in the sand around other areas of your life. And I, my mom had one thing that she said to make sure you get your education because no one can take it away from you. And so I went to college and went to law school and then completely defaulted on my school loan debt. I had no business having that kind of debt. I had no idea how that affected my credit card, uh, you know, my, my rating. And, and so it took me a long time to, to understand and pay attention to it. And I will say one thing, Shauna, that I actually had an anonymous donor put $1,000 on my school loan debt. And I happened to, believe it or not, open the bills. You know, when you feel your head's in the sand, you're not opening your statements. No, you're not. Yes. And I saw that it went down, not up. And because it was anonymous, I could not have that conversation with them of what do you want from me or what, you know, what do you see in me? I had to have it with myself. And that conversation was, who am I? Who do I want to be? What do they see in me that I don't see in myself? And that really gets back to the start of this conversation of it was almost instant that all of a sudden I knew that I needed to take control of, of my future and that I was 100% responsible for the outcomes in my life. And I have to say, Shauna, that it was almost like a snap. That It was a slow journey after that. It wasn't like I became a CEO of a wealth <laughs> management firm, multi-million dollar wealth management firm. It was a journey of discovery of saying, yes, yes, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to believe in myself. I'm going to take steps to eliminate my debt. So, you know, we've got two money experts here, you and myself, <laughs> that have both just openly admitted to making money mistakes. Like, and I, and I love this message because I think that there's a permission slip and a freedom for anyone listening who feels like they have to have it all figured out or that the mistakes that they've made are original and unique, which you and I both know they're not. We all just make the same ver the same version of a mistake. Just we might have you know slightly different circumstances. So you know if, if someone's in that place where both you and I have been, where you know we're afraid of money or the numbers are just too overwhelming, we've got we've got ourselves in a lot of debt, whatever it might be, or we're still believing some of those false money beliefs and some of those stories, how do we begin to just sort of tiptoe out of that and start to break some of those patterns? You know, that snap that I described, candidly, it's going to sound corny, but it was really, really true for me is I had to, it started with that snap, but the snap was, I believe in me and that I believe in me was really self-love. And I know that sounds really corny, but it was so true because if we give love to everyone else, oftentimes as women, and we're the last on the list to have a dream or a goal or a vision. If someone asks, what's your goal? It's like, I want my kids to go to college. I want my family to be healthy. I and we're the last on the list oftentimes. And so until you have that vision of your own, that is that burning passion that's not about your children or your spouse or your maid or your family. It's about you. And it's so deep and compelling. That is really the start because most of us don't know what we really want. 
That is absolute truth. <laughs> and I'm thinking too, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of therapy. Um, I am working with a therapist now. And just last week, I was telling her, you know, I have always felt like I've got something big inside of me that um, even from a little kid, I had these these visions of me standing on a stage and talking to people. And it's been kind of my whole life and career figuring out how to do that and how to exercise what sort of feels so natural to me. And so I had this conversation with her of, of why do I play small? Like, why am I not, you know, out there kind of living up to, to my potential? Why do I um, get nervous maybe, you know, hosting a workshop or things that I know that I'm really good at doing? And so we talked about this idea of really trusting your judgment and how as women, it's, it's almost hard to do and how you know sort of the the generational societal mm -hmm. messages for women were you you do play small mm -hmm. you know you that's sort of your place and so she was talking about this idea of of, of just what you're saying here about about the self love and about really building yourself up to believe that that that's something you're worthy of but that's not easy to do no, it's not. Um, however, there are some things we can do. And what you hit on something that's really important for the listeners to hear is research when you look at success in others and what are the key factors that determine their success, besides, of course, having a compelling vision, is really that they're good decision makers. They make decisions and they make them quickly. And then what happens is when they make them quickly, some of them are mistakes. What many of them are mistakes, but they course correct. They're not afraid of a mistake. So they kind of fail forward a little bit and course correct. Where I think we have been socialized on being quiet and not being heard and all these other things that to, to lean in on money and level up to our full potential and not and not play small and to be heard or to go after that job promotion, we're less likely to do it. But if we did. And we did make quick decisions knowing, and this is the other piece, Shona, that's really important that I say a lot, is that we keep saying we need money, we need money, we need money. Well, actually, it's quite the opposite. Money needs you. It needs your ideas. It needs your creativity. It needs your vision. It needs your values because ideas are abundant. And then put it to of use to the world for the benefit of the greater good of others. And as women, we are natural creators. We actually come from a place where money actually is quite easy. We're better investors. We're more patient. We're more disciplined. And when you think about that as women, uh, there are actually two laws of money. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. 
Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. 
quince.com slash etm. Yeah, no, I want to I want to talk about this. You you call them two laws of money, human and, and natural laws. So what do we what do we need to know about these? Yeah, I can't believe I dove into that. I, I just got so excited about how we play small and that we are naturally wired for money uh, and to make money and to grow money. So the two laws of money, the human made laws are what I do every day. It's what we do as, you know, as certified financial planners. There are six key areas. It's wealth preservation, portfolio construction, passing money, uh, tax mitigation. That's the, that's the human laws of money. The natural laws of money are actually inherent inside of us. And it's giving and receiving, uh, supply and demand, intention and desire, cause and effect, clear agreements, even mercy and justice. Think of all of those as women, when you're hearing us talk about money is looking for you, many of you may be like, yeah, who are you to say? Or (laughs) what is she talking about? Whatever came to you, when you ask yourself, when I said that money is looking for you, what did you think? And if you felt like uh, that's your money, that's your money receptor. And if you think, oh, there may be something here for me, I'm going to lean in and listen to what Shauna and Kim are talking about, then you're open. But if you're like, oh, that's for other people, not me, understand that's your money receptor and you've turned it off. Your creativity and ideas and vision around money, money can't find you when you're turned off. Because if you think of neuroscience, we have all these receptors that help our body understand what we need. It's the same with money. So when we think of natural money laws, it's inherently already inside of us. When we think of gratitude, the start of everything. We may be givers. It's hard for us to be receivers. Be a receiver. And that starts to ignite that frequency of where we are so that money can find us. And if we are creative and have these beautiful ideas and vision about what we can become, that drive that you know there's something more and you turn it into something that you love, that's like the open door to the flow of money. I mean, I grew up on Niagara Falls, near Niagara Falls in the Buffalo area of New York State. And Niagara Falls straddles the Canadian border and New York. And the falls actually provides a lot of power to the state of New York from the power plants right, that yeah. line the banks. Well, that's the same with money. The falls needs the, the plants for its power. Money needs your ideas for its power to become of use to the world. It's nothing without us. It's just paper. We give it its meaning. That's so powerful. I mean, just to think about, I got goosebumps when you were talking there. Like, just to think about the idea of even just being open to money, being open to receiving money, like how powerful that is just in that, that statement that you make. And that literally doesn't require any other effort than just, you know, kind of putting your, putting your brain around that and, and thinking about it from that perspective. And I think, gosh, that's just so powerful because you know, I often do this exercise with people where I have them write down in, in one day, just as an experiment, how many times you think about money. And then of those thoughts, which of them are positive and negative? And at the end of the day, most people come back that there were, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thoughts about money that they never even knew they had. And the majority of them were negative. And so when you're talking about this idea of money flow, like I would imagine that that is basically like blocking that dam uh, and you know you're you're not able to kind of move through that in a in a way where you actually create flow and and yet we we think we think money is is so difficult and mm-hmm. what you're sharing is you know it 
it actually isn't. Yeah, I, I wrote down, I just love what you said about, uh, and I wrote it down because it was so beautiful, you know, that the the money flow in terms of blocking that dam, because we tend to think also we have money myths, which you're well aware of, you probably talked about it on the show a lot. But when we think that money is dirty or or it's inappropriate to talk about money, actually, it's quite the opposite. Money is your gateway to your true self because we created it. So if you understand through create through creating ideas and vision and values, and that's the meaning you put to it that helps others in the world, all of a sudden you then become your best self. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. 
it will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So up-leveling the understanding of that around money so that you're likely to talk about it, just like you talk about other things, in a way that is passionate and compelling and useful and foundational and understanding that the natural laws of money is the start and the human-made laws are the next step and you need them both in harmony. But where we start is where most women already naturally are. Yeah, I want to talk about that idea of talking about money. I get asked this a lot. You know, how do you talk to your your partner or your kids or the people in your life, especially from the female point of view? Um, I have a lot of girlfriends and they they feel like they need to, you know, hide money or apologize for what they've they've spent money on. I'm wondering, do you have any like conversation starters or ways to help us start talking about money especially with you know our male partners and our husbands where we we just sort of feel that you know it it it's tough to to bring money up and to open ourselves up in that way that's such a big question because <laughs> there's so many places of where to start but in the beginning where you start if you end up first of all if you're married getting married you want to make sure that you both have your own individual checking accounts. If you ha are already married and you step off to take care of the children, you still want to make sure that you have a side savings account that you could buy gifts for your mate without them knowing where you spent the money. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, spending is kind of the big power play for women, you know? And if you think about that, that that's how we communicate is through spending like that goes to show you that that's how we get heard. That's how we show our voice, you know, is, is through spending. And so if we take a step back and at, know you deserve to be at the table because you already have the inherent gifts of the natural money laws and that your mate, if they're handling the human laws, they actually really don't know what they're doing. They may think they know what they're doing. And that's been, they're socialized just as much as you've been socialized as to that that's their job. And they may not know anything about it. So don't assume your spouse is smarter about money than you are. You both come to the table with equal enhancements that make that conversation in harmony and balance more useful. So if you own that, then it's so much easier to go to the table with your mate or your spouse and say, let's talk about our joint goals here. Let's talk about what we're really trying to achieve. And let's pull our money together for our spending. And you could have your stash. I could have my stash. But together we do this. 
and we're both responsible for it. I'm not going to be the re- ones responsible for paying the bills or I'm doing it for a little bit and then it's your turn. So you know how much things cost in the house. So you don't blame me for inflation that's going on or thinking I'm spending more. So it's really that honest conversation, just like for women in terms of going for that promotion or that board seat, it really starts with believing that you're worthy and that you belong. And the way to know that you belong and you're worthy is to know that you already have the natural money laws inside of you and you're wired for money. You just need to turn the money conversation into what's important to you, not what society has made it to you. Because society, most of the conversations around money today doesn't really resonate with women because it was male constructed. We created money. The conversation around money is very male constructed. So for us, there's nothing really around it that excites us. If anything, it repels us. So that's why it's important to put it back into the natural laws of giving and receiving, cause and effect, ebb and flow, intention and desire, clear agreements. And what about sort of flipping this on the side to any of our you know, our, our male listeners mm-hmm. in here, um, any suggestions for how they could actually open the door of conversation for their, for their female partners to, you know, be able to create these, these conversations and these, I guess, you know, level fields of playing when it comes to money? Yeah. I, I think that generally speaking, most men want their spouse involved in that conversation. They want to have joint goals. They don't want to be 100% responsible, especially with what's been going on in the economy over the last three years, especially last year with the Federal Reserve's aggressive rate hikes. I mean, it's a tough road. And they don't want to be blamed for what they don't know. And if they have, if they are getting advice from the same construct, it's like this. I mean, you know, it's, it's not even outside of the box. So the more the conversation is around goals, and joint family goals and joint uh, individual together and separate goals that both of you are on the same page about and a joint spending plan, all of a sudden the world becomes so much bigger. You're not hiding or, you know, and again, that's that honest, difficult conversation. Honey, we're in debt. We have this much in credit card debt. What, you know, and fess up or honey, I, I have an addiction problem. I gamble. The sports betting with the Super Bowl sent me over the edge. And to just fess up that we all have weird shit about money and lay it on the table and then come together jointly. Because remember, you got to get your head out of the sand to recover. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I love I love the message that we all have shit around money because we need to be talking about that a lot more and a lot less about this idea of perfectionism or, you know, are we doing everything in the chronological order that we, that we should do? Um, but kind of thinking along those lines, you're, you're a wealth manager. You wrote this book, Money Secrets, the, the Keys to Smart Investing and Retirement Secrets. So obviously you, you know, you're in this world of money all the time. What are some of the, what are some of the money secrets that, um, you know, you, you can share with us about, how people, you know, get out, get out of some of the shit and, and start really, you know, getting closer to, to their goals and the things they want to achieve, no matter how much money they have. Yeah, that's really true. You know, it, it's funny. I think that initially talking about your money story, you and I both shared some of our money stories, but if you have that money story with your spouse, um, it begins to have the conversation of what you're coming to the table with, what's your shit. So, but that shit maybe 
not even yours. It could be your great grandpa's crap that happened during the Great Depression. So recognize that what's showing up in you may not even be your values. It may be something that someone else told you was your values and you need to unpack that. So I think that's one of the secrets is understand that how we show up around money may not have anything to do with who you are today. And to really unpack generationally, what were the stories told in your household? Did the conversations even exist around money? If they didn't exist, what did you observe? And what did and if you did observe it, was it positive or negative like you do with your clients, which is fantastic. The second thing, secret around money, is that the lion's share of people who give advice around money are in sales. They're not your fiduciaries like a CPA that's going to give you your best interest at all times in all transactions. Only 10% of the financial advisory world are your fiduciary like a CPA. The others are in sales. And so the end result of that, whether it's in your favor or not, or how dissatisfied you may be is because you thought you were getting something that did not exist. And, and the industry is really struggling with trying to become a profession. It's just the birth of where it came from. You used to have insurance agents, you used to have bankers, you used to have brokers, you used to have tax preparers, and all of a sudden they all got meshed up. And all of them want to be a profession when only a few are. <laughs> yeah, it's very murky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we, we've just come out of kind of this, this crazy time with COVID. Um, you know, we've uh, got back to, to traveling again. We've got also, you know, layoffs happening. We got stock market all over the place. We've got maybe talk of recession. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. We've got a higher interest rate. The housing market's starting to auto crack. You know, we've got a lot of things that I think for any of us listening, which we've just acknowledged is probably all of us that are, um, you know, get nervous around money, get nervous around some of these headlines, get get scared, get kind of put our head in the sand, to, to, to use your words. How do we as women, or really anybody who's listening right now, how do we go forward this year and and start building wealth and start believing in ourselves and start making this a different year than all the years before? Big question, Sean. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I will start with something that people may have already heard, but it's so, so, so important. Besides turning off your TVs or your news sources, because remember that's entertainment. Their job is to keep you to that station, um, is really remove yourself from the headlines because the headlines are not your strategy for financial success. It actually just creates worry. The second thing is align yourself and your family to what's important to you. And make sure that your values are on the same page, especially when the headlines are really, really scary. It's you can only control yourself and you can't control what's out there happening in the economy. The third would be, uh, I'm going to actually take it differently. Uh, if you had like a pyramid, kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and at the bottom is security and safety and at the top is self-actualization. If you were to look at those four steps as it relates to money success, the first, the bottom is managing the money which you, means getting out of debt, putting, taking your head out of the sand, creating, creating a sheet that's up on the refrigerator or something that you see that motivates you as, you as you pay off one credit card, take that money and put it to the next. Start with the one that has the highest interest rate or the lower dollar amount that gives you the momentum. But then after that, the next is, is creating a financial plan. There are hourly financial advisory firms that could troubleshoot where you are today 
and create a financial plan so that when you put the money to a plan, you actually then have continuity because money is frenetic. It's like this all over. But if we tie it to a plan, it's your foundation that allows you through the headlines to know where you stand specifically, even though your portfolio may be down. The financial plan tells you you still may be on track, even though your portfolio is negative. And once you do that, that next pyramid, uh, uh, the next is peace of mind. It's lifestyle. You start living your life and not worrying about money anymore because it already has a track to run on. You already have done the blueprint. You already have the plan. So when you get to lifestyle and you start living your life and you know what you're doing, you get that peace of mind. So the top of that pyramid is impact. Imagine getting to peace of mind so that you could do the life that you really want, that you could be creative, that you could have the ideas and the vision and the values and actually make a difference in the world. And that's what, when you take your head out of the sand and get your money to that place of lifestyle so that you could breathe to get to the pinnacle of that pyramid, you're not thinking about money. You're not thinking about the headlines anymore because you've already put them in the right place, which is your foundation. Well, I just feel I've gotten goosebumps so many times during our conversation. I just know, you know, everything you're sharing, it's so powerful. It's sometimes feels hard to do, especially when you're in fear and stress and um, regret and judgment and all sorts of things around money. But it's, you know, I love the advice you've given. It's it's like a, you know, a tiptoe in, right? A tiptoe into to doing something different. So, you know, as we as we close here, let's go back to how we started this idea that more women end up in poverty than men. How do we make sure We don't replicate that for future generations. Have the conversation with your daughters. Talk about money at the dinner table. Empower your daughters uh, to make a difference. And we'd like to think we're doing that. But I have a daughter and a son. And they're young adults. So 24 and 22. And I can't, I'm shocked at what I do for my son that I don't do for my daughter. I make her work so hard for her money and she, she, and yet, on the other hand, for the son, it's like, oh, sure. Oh, let me take care of this for you. He's 22. He's graduating this year from college. And I'm like, oh, you know, and don't do that. Don't do what I have done. Give your sons the same struggle that you give your daughters. And we do it for our daughters because we know what it's like in the real world. We want them to be tough. We want them to make it. But we have to do that for our sons as well. And I know that's a switch, but it's amazing how that snuck up on me and and an empowered woman, as I would like to think we are. I keep going back to this idea that Kim shared, that as women, money is actually looking for us. I feel like that's a really powerful statement because we live in a world just full of scarcity thinking and beliefs. I also really am leaning into this idea that So many of the women in our family that came before us struggled around money and didn't have rights. So we can recognize that their money stories and their struggles really were, I mean, so much to bear. And we can also then let go of that generational family trauma so that we can build strong financial futures. Just food for thought. If you want to connect with Kim, you can find her at wealthlegacyinstitute.com. You can also pick up a copy of her book, Money Secrets, on Amazon. If you enjoyed this episode and you've got a fellow female that you love in your life, 
go ahead and share this episode with her, with all your girlfriends. Let them know that money is actually looking for them. You can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as the sponsors who make this show possible. I'll see you back here, my friend, in a few days for a brand new episode. Hi, this is Elton John here. Throughout my U.S. tour last year, we heard from thousands of fans that financial security and financial planning are hugely important to them. So important that David and I are continuing this vital conversation into 2023. Together with the Alliance for Lifetime Income, I'm spreading the word about the importance of protected income, which is money you're guaranteed to get. Like me, I'm sure you have big plans for your next chapter. Protected income from an annuity helps ensure you have all your bases covered so you can have the financial freedom to tick off your bucket list. The first step is to decide what's on your bucket list. Then meet with your financial advisor to ask if you have protected income and get their help making a plan that fits your unique financial goals. Join me and my friends at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Together, we can help make financial freedom in retirement a reality for more Americans, starting with you. Go to protectedincome.org today. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.